And welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. And here at the podcast, what I like to do is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have really in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality with me. Uh, first order of business, um, I want to just give a shout out uh, to let you guys know about my Patreon. It's something new I've kind of started up for the podcast. Yes, I know. I've been doing a podcast for three and a half years and I only started the Patreon now. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, it's here now. Uh, so if, you know, you've been a long-time listener and want to throw me a couple bucks a month, um, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, also, you're going to get some fantastic bonus content. I do 30-minute solo apps about uh, my personal life as a polyamorous person and also my professional life as a pro-dom. So if you uh, like the sound of my voice and want to throw me a couple bucks and uh, think that those topics sound kind of interesting, then, um, you know, you can do that and have all that premium content available to you patreon.com slash the bedpost show that said um i have a very exciting guest this is kind of um continuing this series that i'm doing where i'm featuring all the fantastic dominance at the ritual chamber here in toronto which is my fantastic dungeon that i have recently become a part of so uh Right now, we have the only male dominant at the Ritual Chamber, and I'm super duper excited to pick his brain. We also have some questions from the interwebs. So uh, without further ado, please welcome to the mic, Master Wolfgang. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the basement of my condo. (laughs) How are you doing? Good. I'm very good. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm very happy to be here. Um, why don't we just straight up start with, um, before we get to like all the questions that we have from the fans and whatnot, let's do, a, let's do an origin story. Because actually that was one of the questions that somebody had, which is something I was going to get to anyways, but I'm going to give a shout out to Martha. And uh, yeah, she's M-U-S-Z underscore Acadia on Instagram if you want to follow her. Um, She wants to know about people's kink origin stories. Where do they think their kinks came from? Where are their signs in childhood that looking back was connected to their kinkiness? Which is, I think, a great place to start. It is. is. (laughs) Why don't you tell me where this all started for you? Um, Well, it, it depends what kink, really. What, what are we talking about? Well, uh, Which I've, one? You know, I, I, I find different kinks as I go through. <laughs> I, about a month ago, I was looking through uh, old pictures from Sears catalogs oh, from huh. the 1970s, because I am that damn old, and uh, <laughs> found this picture of an outfit that I distinctly remember having. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, mesh kind of football jersey, okay. like a short sleeve thing with little matching soccer shorts and knee high, because it was the 70s, knee high sports socks with a band. Was it a crop? No, no, no. <laughs> a crop jersey? No, because I wasn't a stripper at age six. But, you know. Um, yeah, it, it was. And I looked at that. And I was like, oh, I remember wearing that. I think I have a photograph of me wearing that. And then I distinctly remember the feeling of that against my chest and the feeling and the look at the high socks, which still turn me on to this day. 
and kind of went, oh my God. That was a thing. Yeah. And at that age, I was turned on by that. I was actually turned on. And now, of course, if I see a man wearing that, wow. Mind blowing. And now, only now it's, you know, it's a little further. Now it's usually accompanied by a jock strap and, you know. Yeah. And all the better if it's him wearing it, not me. And and I just want to rub up against him. And uh, yeah, and that that was. And I kind of went, wow, that that's a really early kink memory that I completely had forgotten. Where my love for jock straps and gear and that kind of that kind of you know that silky kind of meshy, yeah, 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 that lightweight kind yeah. of Ooh. yeah, something, <laughs> something about that because it feels yeah, it feels almost like. You know, a silk negligee or something. It's like, like a lingerie, that. only it's masculine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's chronic category. And then the knee high socks with those with those colored bands, which I now you now pay like forty bucks a pair for at the men's room, you know. And uh it's a total fetish. Actually I saw a pair last week online that were thigh high, thigh high sports socks. God damn. I mean, I I have a pair of those. Oh, see? You know. That's a good thing. And I mean, they come in plus size. Yeah. I I got a plus size thigh. So, yeah. yeah, And I'm all about men with big thighs and huge calves and big ankles. Oh, fuck. Okay. Thighs, thighs. Oh, man. Yeah. Thighs for me, male thighs. Big, thick tree trunk. Yeah, exactly. Muscular thighs. Don't give me those chicken legs. It's not what I want. No. Yeah. And put that in a pair of a pair of uh, oh, sports socks, man. Oof. 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 Woof. Getting warm in here. Woof. Yeah. One of those early uh, early kink things. And there's there's other things like that. But getting really into like adult leather and stuff. Yeah. Because um, you are a leather man. I'm a leather man. Yeah. Yeah. I identify as a leather man. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where my intro to BDSM came in. Um, I was first, it was first the leather fetish. It was the smell and the feel and the look and the way men look in that outfit. And, you know, um, and the, and the typical Leatherman archetypes, you know, whether it's, uh, um, Glenn Hughes from the village people, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or whether it's, uh, Marlon Brando and the wild ones or whether, you know, uh, those looks there and the cop look, of course, of course, the cop look, Oof. and, uh, you know, (laughs) the military, like all of those things, when you put them all together, uh, was a turn on and then I, I was working for a friend of mine who was doing um, cross dressers she was dressing cross dressers they'd go to her place and she'd make them up and she'd dress them and they they paid a lot of money for that mm-hmm. and uh, I was like this is kind of new but I had experience in theater and I could do theater makeup so mm-hmm. I worked for her for a while and one of the things that I got instead of being paid cash she gave me a pair of northbound leather pants that she had bought one night in a in a drunken fit and uh, <laughs> they were men's pants and she wore them once and went, woke up in the morning, went, why, why, why did I buy I? these? So she said, if you do two or three makeovers, I'll, you know, take the pants home. They fit you. And I put them on and went, oh, yes. I am home. I am home. This and they're northbound. Bad. And they're, yeah. And uh, which I didn't know what that meant at that time, of course. Now I do. <laughs> and and I still wear them all the time. They're wonderful. Wow. And I remember actually taking them home just, just to play my mother's mind <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And, uh, and so I, I got these pants. I have to show you, Mom. Where'd you get them? You don't want to know. But I have to hang and I show these pants. And and uh, and I put them on and I went up went upstairs and showed my mother and I was like, What do you think? And they they're the kind with the lacing up the sides and the lacing up the crotch. And uh, they don't show anything but they're skin tight. Scandal. And uh, and she she's my mother was June Cleaver and, and she immediately turned bright red and went, Oh, don't worry, you'd ever wear those. I can think of a few and, places. Yeah. And then my aunt, who is much more worldly to my mother who had a gay son and, and, and was well aware of the culture turned to me and went well I know where you're going to wear them and I think you should be ashamed of yourself exactly. you know 
And I loved her for that. And, and that that just summed up the, those two personalities directly. And, what a uh, lovely, supportive household. Yeah, oh, yes. Very, very. I, I <sighs> was raised by very supportive people with unconditional love. And, uh, and, 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 and wonderfully, wonderfully strong women. They were the heads of the household. Yeah. And then I realized when those... The, the other thing about those pants is because they have lacing on the crotch, you can't look anywhere else. No. Now I have That's... blue lacing instead of black, just to make it a bit more... A know, pop. Yeah. Blue, blue's Wolfgang's <laughs> color. A little pop of color. And now you, you, you can't look anywhere else. <laughs> I and, don't doubt uh, it. So it was, it was very, very funny, but that was kind of my first foray into leather, and that was the first thing I owned, and then I got a, a master's cap after that, and it was... And then I kind of started getting into the idea that I, I bought a master's cap because it looked cool. Sure. I had no yeah. idea what it meant or what it was connected to or what it could mean. That was my next question for you. Yeah. yeah. No idea. What's just, the history just a behind shop, it? What? You know? Yeah. So it was, I didn't know what a mirror cap was. I didn't know what a master's cap was. I didn't know what any of it was. And, uh, but it looked cool. I just thought it was a cop hat. And so I started kind of researching it and getting into it more and because i'm very much if i'm going to get into something i want to know what it means and i want to be authentic always and uh, i'm not in, i'm not into leather for fashion mm-hmm. so um and i knew i knew it was a turn-on i just didn't necessarily know why or what it meant so i started to do research into it and started to find out you know what what it was it's not just a costume for the village people and you know what the origins are and where the biker looks comes from and who the hell tama finland is and you know all of these things. And uh, I started getting more and more into it and uh, liked the idea of domination and submission. But at that point, I was very much submissive only because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So it was someone else needs to take control and show me the way. And I still have fun submitting every so often. Sure, me too. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good outlet. It just takes someone... That really fucking knows what they're doing. Yeah. And someone <laughs> I'm really attracted to to want to do it. And, and a certain type for me too. Sure. I've I've tried it with people that aren't the right type for me, and I'm just like, <sighs> even guys that are really hot. I was with some guy about two months ago that I'd had a crush on for a long time, and one day for no apparent reason, we started making out in the bar, and he said, "I want to go home and dominate you." I'm like, actually, actually, I'm I'm usually the dominant, but you're really hot, so let's try it. And I, <laughs> and no, I couldn't have cared less. No. He was hot as hell, and I was like, oh, "You're not the right type, and you're not bad. doing it the way I want it done." And there's no, there's no energy. There's no connection. So too bad. Yeah, yeah sometimes did it once and went. Never eh. <laughs> again. But I've met other people that you know, did they look at me and, and say something, and it's like you know, come here, boy. Oh, yes, yes, daddy. You <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just give you my hat right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll just hand over my card, my yeah. dom card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I'm just gonna cash hour. this in right now, and, and we're gonna switch. That's fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, and as like like uh, Mr. Shahrazad says, it's it's a good way to learn how to be a dom is being a sub. Definitely. So that's kind of where that came from, and then I ended up writing a show. Uh, I got an amazing composer uh, named Joel Lightman, who's incredible, and he wrote music, and I wrote lyrics, and, and we wrote a cabaret called the Kinky Cabaret, which premiered at it. the Church Street Fetish Fair. The last one before was it was they tried to turn it into a bouncy castle fun time, uh, but the last Kinky one, and uh, and we put it on stage, and I auditioned a bunch of people, and and uh, wrote a song about a dominatrix called Mistress, which is a kick-ass song, but I had no idea what I was talking about. Sure, yeah. but that's kind of I had to research all these different kinks and fetishes, and that I had no experience in whatsoever. And uh, man, I'm so 
excited that you have a theater background. I went to college for musical theater. Totally, yeah. So I'm like, I am so... <laughs> it makes us really good at role play. <laughs> exactly. Oh it my really God, does. I've always said that. Anybody that's good, that has an acting, performing, improvisation background, yeah, yeah. comedy too. I yeah. mean, like it's, you can all incorporate it into, oh, yeah, totally. into scenes. They're called scenes. They're called scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Enough complete said. fantasy role play and, and, uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's such a it's such a strong thing to have in the background. Yes, oh, it really is. It's not that big of a leap. No, it really isn't. From embodying a character on a stage for an audience. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's. I mean, Wolfgang is a character. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Okay, yeah. Tell me where this came out of. Wolfgang was one of the characters in the show. Okay, amazing. That's how he originated, and uh, it, it actually started when I was doing a production, <laughs> a little community theater production, in Scarborough Cabaret, mm-hmm. which I've done like four or five times now. Me too. Love it. Love and it, I love. love it. I love Weimar. I love I love the cabaret scene in Berlin. I love Berlin. I love the books they're based on. Um, I'm gay. I love the movie Cabaret. Uh, but I was really into and the Christopher Isherwood thing, and and I wanted to kind of recreate that modern day, that that kind of really subversive. Because Berlin in the 20s was so subversive. They were really close to getting gay rights. Yeah. Like they were so wow. subversive. Wow. 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 And then the Nazis wiped it all out. Yeah. Um, which I'm hoping history is not repeating itself right now in the governments that we're looking at. But anyway, uh, so I, I wanted to do something like that with original music. Instead of just doing a production of Cabaret, I wanted to do original music. And we were talking about this backstage with uh, an f- amazing friend of mine who's the actress who played um, Fraulein Kost, the hooker. Mm-hmm. And I played um, Herman, mm-hmm. her quote-unquote brother from Hamburg. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we would we be, we'd banter back and forth uh, backstage in character, and we, we were talking about taking that somewhere else with these two characters. And um, just before we opened, the director came up to us and said, uh, there's a costume change that has to happen with Fraulein Schneider. She's not very quick at the costume change. She needs to change and then get out to the back of the audience to enter from an audience staircase. Can you guys stretch the scene out? And we kind of looked at each other and went, oh, yeah. uh, I think we can handle yeah. it. <laughs> So every night we'd get on stage and we and we and I was in this sailor outfit, which is ridiculous. And uh, and she's this woman is sexy and voluptuous as all hell anyway. And we're kind of chasing each other around the stage and doing stuff. And every night the scene got longer and longer. And longer. You're the whole show. At oh this my point. god! And it was it was you know what do you say? So I'd go on and her name I was supposed to call her Schatzi. So and with this with this German accent, I'd be like you know Schatzi tonight can we play the game where you play the lonely shepherdess when I play the Amres Bull. <laughs> And this went on and on. And she would come back, with, oh, you sailors and your goat fantasies. I can't handle it. And, and the scenes went, got longer and longer. And eventually we realized the actress that we were waiting to change was standing just audience, waiting, watching us. Just waiting. She wasn't interrupting us at all. So we, it was, you know, but we had such a fun time. And I said to her, isn't it, wouldn't it be lovely to take these characters a step further? And we worked out that she would be the club owner and I would be her former lover former straight lover who's now decided he likes boys instead because you know but every so often he liked to play with her bumshkas and uh and we would and it would be a great comedy duo this kind of frustrated male dom and 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 this mistress who's in charge of everything we called her hostess instead of mistress and uh wrote this cabaret around that where instead of having a male mc like cabaret we had a a female hostess and her band of misfits we were named the kinder bourbon after anita bourbon uh, uh the children of anita and uh, this very, very odd group of misfits who were all into different kinks and fetishes and sang about them mm-hmm. with these musical numbers. And um, and that's where Wolfgang was. I said, we all had to come up with these names. And, and I came up with Wolfgang. I thought it sounded kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and so I we improvised like crazy for two years, creating Wolfgang and creating Hostess and all the other characters <sighs> in the play. <sighs> and uh, so when I became a pro, I was like, I'm going to use the name Wolfgang, and I'm not going to use a German accent. <laughs> I'm going to leave the German accent yeah, behind, however. Because it's too silly. <laughs> well, now I beat you. <laughs> now I beat you. <laughs> I mean, I might be into that. Uh, <laughs> kind of, I've, had, I've had requests for it. Yeah, like, you could pepper it in in some sessions, yeah, I'm sure. And... But I don't think... I, I mean, Wolfgang is sexy, but not sexy at the same time. Because he's just so blunt about everything, you know? <laughs> I don't like the way you look at me. Neil! Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... Because uh, he, you know... And it's, he's always kind of, you know... Can I play with your Bumska Shotsky? No, okay. Yeah. I, I go beat the young boy. That is goodbye. <laughs> and uh, and and again, created as pure comedy characters, and and not necessarily that rooted in in fetish and and you know not really knowing what I was doing. Yeah, like authentic fetish. Yeah, and kink. Yeah. yeah, perhaps. And we not, and that but... was also one of my first introductions to people that don't know what they're doing. Besides me, not don't know what they're doing, but create arbitrary rules because <laughs> we asked a few people to come in as consultants. Because again, I want things to be authentic, and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And uh, we had one dom in that filled me with such crap, huh. such arbitrary rules that are things he believed in but aren't standard by like any Like what, mean. for example? Just like, uh, I remember at one point I had on a, it was Pride, we did this, the second show we did at Pride on one of the Pride stages on Church Street. Amazing. And uh, I had on a, a, a metal kind of choker neckband thing with, with the Pride colors on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, a dom would never wear that. Why? Well, it's not, it's not masculine enough. A dom would never, ever wear that. Okay, so I took it off. Now I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to wear it. Fuck you, I'm a dom, I wear whatever the yeah, fuck I want. Yeah, that's what makes it dom. But uh, it was very much his his view. You of know? like the, what, yes, like and a not, stereotypical dom or yeah. his thought of the archetypal. Which is which is fine if that's what you're into, but don't present it as a hard and fast rule. Yeah. As he was. And, and uh, there's a lot of things like that. You know, you never ever look a dom or a, or a, or a dominatrix in the eye, ever. I'm like... Or... Or that can be an individual dom's rule, yeah. you know, which I've had fun with, certainly, but it's not a hard and fast rule. It's not, you know, the level of what, what the whole scene is about is that's one type of domination and that's one, that's one individual scene out of thousands of possible yeah. scenes. And that's the most visible. And when people think of a dominatrix or a dom, that's probably automatically what they think of. However, like I'm, I'm kind of creating another article right now about this about finding your own finding your own style and finding your own sexy and your own you know power whatever that whatever dom means to you yeah you know because all that stuff is very limiting like yeah that that is a great scene you know but one of thousands of scenes yeah and not by any means standard across the board not at all you know that it also it completely leaves out what the sub wants there you are. Which I'm all about what there the sub you wants. Are. Especially as a pro, I'm all about what the sub wants. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah. So it kind of, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of damage, but there was a lot of misinformation given and the things, the way you wear certain things and, you know. And, and that's and, too bad know. because you having that root in it being comedic and fun, you were like on the right track. Yeah. And then to kind of be derailed by all this kind of, you know, Well, no, when I kept nonsense. having to kind of explain, I realized that might be a thing but at the same time what we're doing is a theatrical presentation I'm not you know of course it's they represent a dom but it's this is this weirdo from Berlin who you know yeah he's his own character he's his own yeah he kind of does his own thing and yeah. he's not and you know and he again the, the character wasn't even originally the character was straight and decided to become gay and you know and and but still kind of wanted to play with her and you know it was this kid's if he wasn't any one thing 
And he didn't like that idea very much either. But that's so funny you know? because as doms, we are we are a million different things. Yeah. Like, we are very... We're chameleons. Yes. You know? Like, to think that we're just one thing. You know, being at, like, a theatrical presentation of a dom on stage or, like, actually being your authentic self in a scene, it's like... That does not look one way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the Dominatrix character we wrote, her name was Trixie, because I had no imagination. Uh, <laughs> but she was wonderful, and she played it with this very, very exaggerated German accent and yelled every line, because that was her style of doming. And, and now I look at it, she's a cartoon. Yes, yeah, Having yeah. said that, the audience loved her. I'm sure. I, that she's would be hilarious fun, to know? just yeah. be yelling every line. She just yelled, pig, every five minutes. <laughs> Shut up, pig! That's and great. with the German accent, it was hysterical. And, and she had the most kick-ass song. It was kind of inspired by Sweet Transvestite, that kind of hard rocking, you know, beat. And, and uh, the composer was amazing. It's still one of the best songs I've ever done. Um, and so it was. she was a cartoon, but at the same time, she was she was who she was and there's no taking what she was away from her even though she's a fictional character that could easily be a dom and that might be her style and that definitely. might be what her boys want definitely so yeah so that was so that one of the I, I had three great things come out of that experience um it was the first was that i started exploring real kink yeah. and opening my mind as to all the different kinds of kink um and uh and as a matter of fact i remember the day before we were supposed to do the second show we timed it and realized we were about 10 minutes short because we had promised them 45 minutes on stage and we didn't have 45 minutes because the show was still being workshopped. So we kind of ran around going, what do we do? What do we do? And uh, the composer wrote a quick song called Whatever Floats Your Boat. And basically it was a quick little, quick little chorus um, about whatever you're into, go ahead. And then we would do a quick demo on stage. I didn't know what demo was at that time, but I did a quick demo of what it was. And so we thought, well, what do we do quickly? Okay, foot fetish is easy. Mm -hmm. You two girls can do a foot fetish scene. That's fine. Uh, we're going to go rent a furry outfit. We're going to rent a mascot outfit from Malabar's and we'll do a furry scene. I don't even know what a furry was. Yeah, I just read about it somewhere. Went, that's You're the like, costume we yeah, That, that, that. <laughs> and uh, I forget what I was going to do. Oh, wax play. Oh. Another way I discovered a new kink. Oh. I'll do, we'll do wax play. I, apparently you could drip candles on people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Writing a play, don't know. Sure, I don't know, sure. Um, and we came up with about six different things we could do during the song. Um, one, of, one of the people that auditioned had a, um, a latex jockstrap in yellow and black. And they said, well, you know, yellow means I'm into urine. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <now? laughs> Can't do that on stage right now. Can't do that. Uh, what else do we do? And I said, well, it's latex. What about um, uh, balloons? We'll get black and, black and yellow balloons, and you can do a ballooner scene, a lunar scene. Didn't know what you did with the balloon. Didn't, nope. He's like, do I pop it? It's like, I don't, I don't know. Go, know. <laughs> go Google it. I don't know. But suddenly I was researching all these things and, and having to keep a very open mind. And like, oh, I don't know what you do with a balloon. I, I know now. I didn't know then mm -hmm. uh, what, what the turn on was and why why people are turned on by that. And, and you know, so afterwards I researched all these things. Even the, uh, the wax play, actually, that was the discovery of a fetish because I had this cute little straight boy who was in my cast with his little furry chest very naive boy which was fun um, mm -hmm. made me look experienced <laughs> and, uh, and I said could I do this to you on stage we need to fill this time yeah yeah okay well I'm going to go buy a bunch of different candles 
and we'll see which one feels best. Oh <laughs> and that's God. how I found out. That is so funny. Because you can't fake wax play on no. stage. Like, you can't, like, <laughs> we're no. going to pretend we're doing wax yeah, play. Yeah. No, it's actually happening. It. <laughs> and I didn't know what kind of candles to buy. And, I, and I, I was having a hard time at the time finding anything online. So I just went out and bought a whole bunch of different candles and tried them on him. Can you imagine oh anything quite God. so dangerous and, and <laughs> quite so irresponsible? And I didn't know there were actually candles that were made for this. Because, mm-hmm. again, very naive. Yep. And uh, my experience of most kink and fetish tools was, you know, the the stuff that, that you know, the girls from Scarborough use in their bachelor parties. You know, there you go. The housewives. Yes, yeah, and, right. Uh, from very the, vanilla. The bachelorette section yeah, of exactly, action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I, I just didn't know. So I went and got all these candles. And, and the boy came over that morning, the morning of the show, at like 8 a.m. and To do it beforehand? And, yeah. To test it out? to test these out. And, <laughs> And lot, took his shirt off, lied over this autumn. I'm like, oh, he's like, he's young, but he's got this really nice hairy chest. And uh, and the woman playing the hostess was sitting next to me, and she's giggling because she's like, I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah, like you know, it's it's in the name of art. It's fine. And I start pouring different candles on them, and some of them were like emergency candles, which are painful, or the church candles, which are painful. And I'm like, is that okay? Yes! <laughs> you know? But as I'm doing this on this cute little furry straight voice chest, I'm like, There's something oh my here. God, I'm hard as a rock. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And every time he squeals or contracts or... Reacts. Ooh! Yeah. Maybe I am a dom. You know? and, <laughs> and, and wow, wax play. Who knew? Can I put this on your nipples now? No! Okay, well, can I... You're not going to be naked on stage, but I wouldn't. No, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. You know, but I, I just, yeah, and I and I kind of looked over at, at my friend playing the hostess and said, and she looks at me and she's like, "You're getting off on this." Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but okay, all right. So that was, you know, uh, the second thing was learning learning what really starts to turn me on. And I walked around on stage the riding crop, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I loved the way I looked in my outfit. I loved the way the reaction to people as I walked by and mm-hmm. and I began to feel like what I was wearing for the first time it wasn't just the turn on of wearing it it was the way I look at it and the way people are perceiving me mm-hmm. this is a turn on mm-hmm. and, um, and how it's influencing called me the sir. way you act and yeah yeah I the stood way up you straighter stand. And, yeah, yeah and exactly. I was we, we marched in the pride parade that day before our show wow. and I marched as Wolfgang and I was walking down Young Street as a dom with this leather outfit and I was every inch the dom and went Oh, this is me. This is a character, but this, this feels is me. So right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And uh, yeah, and it was very cool. And and the other the other thing that came out of that experience, which was amazing, was the two guys that played the subs in the mistress scene. Um, one of them's a very good friend, and the other one's now my best friend. We became extremely close. The straight boy, and he was on he was on stage with us in fetish. Wow. The tattooed boy with the beard. Oh yes, the and, very he was yes. very he dropped in like so easily and yeah. so deeply. And that was his first time doing most of it, because he he represented the ritual chamber client that is trying things for the first time. Wow, oh, I've never I did done not any of that. Know oh yeah, that. yeah. I he and he's a straight man. He's very very straight. He's very open minded. He marched with me in the pride parade every year. Uh, and again, my best friend, and then one of the sweetest men on the planet. But he was trying these things for the first time. Oh my god! And I was digging watching you two play so hard. Like he was just so uh, having such like raw reactions. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And I was terrified <gasps> to play with him because in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
I, this is the man that I love more than anyone on the planet. We are so close, and, and he is such an amazing person. I'm so lucky to have him as my best friend. But I was like, am I hurting you? Yeah, like he's going to be very vulnerable in yeah, front of all these yeah. people, and I need to make sure he's going to... And then he went farther than I thought he ever would. Exactly! Oh, it was so point, impressive. Shahrazad picked up the... and he. I did electro on him, and he didn't know it was even going to happen. <laughs> he never had wax play done, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do... Because we didn't have time to talk beforehand, he ended up getting getting to the event very late mm-hmm. we were going to try the stuff backstage first to make sure he was comfortable with everything and eventually he looked at me just for the show and went i'm into it i trust you more than anyone else you can do whatever you want it's okay you know and i said okay when we went through safe words we went through signals just in case um and there's a few things that i know about him that that can't be done mm-hmm. he's not to be exposed from the waist down he's not to be his nipples are very sensitive he used to have mm-hmm. nipple piercings they were ripped out once oh, shit. by an over anxious girlfriend oh, so don't do wax right on the nipples. Don't do, you know, no nipple torture and stuff. Damn. And, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and for all that, I think he's one of the sexiest men I've ever met. Oh, God. Isn't he? Oh, don't get me started. He's, he's yeah. beautiful. He's, oh. For anyone who's never seen him, he's tall and bearded and tattooed. Oh, and bear. He's like 6'4". He makes me look like a child next to him. Oh, he's yeah. huge. Enormous head. Um, I love a big And man. for all that I think he's hot, he's not, he doesn't really turn me on because he's my brother. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. It's weird diacrit. So I was, I was, yeah, it was interesting doing that stuff on stage with him. Um, but he represented the, the ritual chamber client that has never experienced I before. I did never not fucking know that. That's amazing. Oh wow. So it was, yeah, it was all very extra you know, kudos to you both. Wow. I was so proud of him. I was so, especially when, when I was doing the electro and the wand I have is not very powerful. It's really good for beginners. Good, great. Which is great for subs who've never tried it before. Great. Um, but at the end of the scene, uh, Shahrazad walked on to kind of say, okay, you're done now. Get on stage. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think it was the final scene before we did... I think it was the final scene before we did the group flogging. Flogging orgy, yeah. Um, and I said to him, I'll let, I'll let Shahrazad flog you. Because, of course, he thinks she's hot as hell. He thought we were all hot as hell. But especially, especially her oh. and you and Red Diamond, he was just crazy for it. <sighs> and, uh, and I said, okay, well, she, she'll flog you for the end scene. I don't really feel comfortable flogging you i'm worried i'm gonna hurt you he's like don't worry about it. it's okay and in, in the end i ended up doing it not her but he got to worship her boots so it was fine yes oh um, yeah but it, it, anyway we did this we did this thing with the electro and i'm doing him and and it was it was fine and he's reacting and it was kind of interesting and and then she walked on and i handed the wand to her and said do you wanna joanna <laughs> and he was blindfolded so he didn't really know what was going on and she kind of leaned forward and whispered into his ear and said you know can I do a lecture on you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she got his permission, but she ended up undoing his pants and shoving it down into his pants. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's my buddy's dick. The audience couldn't see it, but I could. And she's actually applying the wand to it. And yes. I wouldn't have dared doing that to him. So she could get go. away with it. She, but could, it was, she you know. did, though. So he, it was very interesting for him. But he, he kept going further and further. I was oh so proud of him. He was so good in the wax scene, too. He was... He was amazing. Yeah, and that was, wax you know, scene specifically. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, it was a very, very cool, cool wax scene. And ironically, the one that Shahrazad was working on is a sub that I've played with many times before, and and I think he's hot as hell. And I got to abuse him on stage too. But I was like, if we switched, the subs would be a lot happier. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the gay guy, and I'm doing the straight guy. I'm fine with either. But it yeah. was this weird. It was it was a very. It was kind of good because my style is dumb is much more caring and much more compassionate than a lot of doms do mm-hmm. and i'm very always very aware of my sub and and what they're experiencing and so it kind of worked that way mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why he trusted me mm-hmm. so, so yeah out of out of that show came my love of kink it came new ways to explore came realizing that i'm a dom and mm-hmm. came 
A great two great friendships and, and one in particular that's incredible oh my god i think that's a great place to take a break um we have a lot more to talk about on the second half we've got some questions that we're gonna have you answer but i think that man what a great first half thank you so much oh thank you jeez louise so we're gonna take a quick break let our sponsors uh, get a word in edgewise and we'll be right back with master wolfgang take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all oasis aqua lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in toronto at 231 mutual street oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame free when it comes to pleasure and play check them out at their website oasisaqualounge.com Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Provocateur Images is the official boudoir photography studio of Bedpost. To receive 10% off your next studio session, use the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T. For more information and to see the gorgeous shots that are possible at this studio, check out provocateurimages.ca or follow them at provocateur underscore images on Instagram. All right, here we are with the second half of the Bedpost podcast. I'm here with my amazing guest, professional male dom, Master Wolfgang. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some uh, questions here that I would love to give a shout out to these uh, cool Twitter followers we have um, and ask you some questions from them. Let's start with Winters. They're at Timonic Wolfgar. Uh, on Twitter, and they said, I would love to ask what expectations do clients have of him that are different than his female colleagues, if any? I think one of the big things is the the archetypes are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed this a few times, when, especially when we were going through my initial photo shoots with Ritual Chamber, um, where I was talking to Shahrazad about the pictures that they did were very different from what my clients want. Uh, for instance, if I do a scene in the medical room, mm-hmm. um, the female doms get away with cute, kinky nurse. Definitely. A little yep. short skirt. And yeah, a little, we do. You know, and the, the, the cute instruments, like there's, there's the stethoscope with the heart on the end, and there's the little blindfold with the cross on it. Yep. And my clients want no part of that. No. They want me They don't in, want to be fucking around no, in that medical room. No, they don't room. want cute. They want a doctor who's in charge. They want a suit. 
they want uh, a real looking doctor who's very genuine and they want an authority figure Mm -hmm. and uh, they don't want cutesy at all oh yeah see me okay i have a real hard on for like a doctor fetish like when i'm bottoming oh and it's like kind of that that caring authority figure who cares about your well-being but it's kind of that removed detached emotional thing that's happening when you have somebody that's you know like a professional figure above you but also they like okay we need to get through this appointment i have other appointments so like there's that and like yes i care about you care about your well-being i'm here for you and here to help you however i'm a professional so it's like that whole dynamic is so very so an authority figure that has the opportunity to ask you to get naked yes and and touch you yes you know and that's and And do terrible things to you yeah yeah in the name of you know science Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's uh that is my jam yeah as a bottom yes so i get it very different you know and Mm -hmm. the same thing with the school teacher it's not the you know you've been naughty in class we're going to spank you there's a little of that but for the most part it's you have a detention. You've been very bad. If you want to get through this, you're going to have to do what I tell you. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not cute at all. It's not. It's not nearly as uh, theatrical or role playish. It's much more an authentic yeah, representation want, of this art, and they want to be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from, especially with my with with my gay male clients, a lot of it comes from the being forced into being gay or being talked into it, where it's not your. I don't want to say fault. That's an awful thing. I it's not your responsibility. It's not your choice. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Certainly with my with my straight male clients or my bi male clients, that's a huge issue. Yeah, they want it to be. So it's that quarter quote unquote it. forced by. Yeah, forced yeah, the consensual non consent. Yes, they want to definitely. be led into it and made to be forced to experience. They really want to experience it, but they have a hard time giving themselves permission, or simply that the turn on is that they they have no choice. They have to. Yes. Uh, so it's that's that's a huge difference, and that goes through almost all the fetishes. Um, I've never once been able to use the adult baby room at Ritual Chamber. My no. clients don't want it. They don't want. There's some diaper lovers, yes, but they don't want to be babies necessarily. Okay, they want to be the 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 more common is to be a 14 year old with daddy or uncle than it is to be a baby with mommy. Got you. They want to be a little bit older. They want to be a little bit more sexual, mm-hmm. and they want to be. It's, a little more a severe, mo- perhaps? Yeah, it's a molestation fantasy. Ooh, totally. Yes, totally. And I, I understand that. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's that, that's kind of the difference right there. Uh, even with the, uh, with the way I look, it's, they, they, they never want me to look cute. Mm-hmm. They want strong, you d- dominant, yeah, you do power have a, suit. You know. Yeah, a naturally kind of severe, very masculine look to you. Yeah, which is what, that's entirely what they want. They yeah. don't want anything kind of, I mean, I'm sure there are people that do. Um, cause it's, it takes all types, but sure. for the most part, I find in domination, that's what's required. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately how- it works against you sometimes because male toms aren't allowed to have the same sense of humor. No, you don't think? No. Cause I am laughing through my entire session. Well, I said to Sharazad once we had a, a duo booked and I said, you know, we're going to giggle cause her and I <laughs> giggle like crazy anyway. And I said, it's not going to be terribly butch. <laughs> you know? And she said, it's okay. We, we laugh all the time. We can laugh at them. And I said, um, which is new for me because my clients, for the most part, don't want that. After we're done, they want to laugh. Yes, yeah, you know, of course. The kind of absurdity of what we've just done. Yes, of course. But yeah. during it, they they want it very seriously. Really? I oh, that get is the, so. The that is yeah. Then that is a massive difference because for me, I'm like yeah, I'm laughing through the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, laughing together, laughing at them, like 
I'm being silly. I'm being cute. I love doing like a dumb, cute, ditzy dom. Like, oops, did I leave those on on the highest setting? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think as a man, you, you're not, that's not a threat. That's not dominating because mm-hmm. that kind of person is too easy to dom back. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think as a man, they want someone that they can't say no to. They want very strong alpha male power presence. I mean, I get it. That's, yes. Totally turned off. I mean, I I totally get it. (laughs) Totally. That is very interesting, though. Yeah. Mm. It's, that's the main difference that I find. And for every, for most of the, of the scenes that I'm told about the dominatrix they're doing, I look at the same equivalent in mine, Mm -hmm. and that's usually the difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get, I get a lot fewer, like no one so far has asked for the cage. I'm like, but the cage is fun. But the cage. But they want interaction and they want. They want you in their space. Like, yes, invading their personal. And they want to be. They want to be invaded. They want to be abused. Mm -hmm. Not just the kind of, you know, that the isolation's not big. I've I've played with guys in my own personal life that Mm -hmm. want the isolation, although I don't find it that fun because. Me neither. I can't touch you. What's the point? It's like like ball gags. They're fun, but if I can't can't get to your mouth, that's way too much fun. You know, or chastity devices. I'll do, I'll do them with clients, but at the same time, I don't want my toys locked up. Yeah. Take, wear that shit when you're not with me. When you come to me, <laughs> take it out. I'm going to play with Full it. Full availability. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. far too much fun to torture that. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, I think, the difference. And the, the, the denial thing, there doesn't seem to be a female equivalent of the chastity. Because mm-hmm. chastity belts aren't that popular. No. But... Men's locked cages are extremely popular. Very, so yeah. it's that kind of denial and that kind of, you know, you will do what you're told, not just the kind of naughty where they're going along with it. But I think I think that's the difference. Men genuinely, genuinely want to be forced into it. And I think a lot of straight men, the play that they do is they go along with it and then allow themselves to be dominated. Mm-hmm. And gay men want want the, I don't know if it's gay men, men want the uh, the fantasy of being forced and being told and being completely subverted. I think also because I think I think from other men, that's the only way to do it. Kind of, we're it's such an alpha male society, mm-hmm. changing slowly. But I think because of that, that's the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Is you take that to the extreme. And I've always thought leather was male drag. You take masculinity to the extreme, and that's what mm-hmm. male drag is. And yep. you take it to the feminine to the extreme, and that's what a drag queen is, or or female drag mm-hmm. for. For the women that do drag, I have many friends that do drag that, yeah. are, that are cisgender women. Bio queen, yeah. And uh, I think that's that's what it is. That's I mean, the archetype you want. A lot of us as dominatrices are in female drag. Yeah. In that hyper Hyper feminine, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So it's kind of. I think that's what what it is. They want they want the complete experience. And I think that's also why I get clients that are straight. Mm-hmm. That the ultimate taboo is to be dominated by a man because you have to give up everything including your sexuality that is so so salient yes and they it it always shocks them how hard they get how quickly because that is the ultimate taboo for men i mean me being a a cis female not knowing really anything about it other than from the outside but like to be called a girl to be called a sissy to be called called a fag those are like the ultimate taboos that's like top priority for like adolescent men that they want to appear like not gay yeah so to force that and even if it's not about the sissics a lot of a lot of men that i work with don't want the sissification Mm -hmm. they want to be guys but they want to be forced into it but it's it's all about you're not good enough and you're not you know 
that kind of thing, which men don't want to ever be told because we're no. raised from day one that, that we can't be that. We must be strong. We must be this. We must Providers, be Providers, yeah, all that so, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. bumping up against all those things is really interesting. But I've, I've had a few men that were sent to me by their doms or mm-hmm. by their mistresses or by their wives mm-hmm. and told that they will experience this, that they, they have to. Um, and they've expressed to me, in, you know, in the beginning, I'm, I'm very nervous and I'm very unsure and, and I don't even know if this is going to do anything. And five minutes into the scene your heart is rock <laughs> because you're still your your fetish is to be dominated it's not has nothing to do with gender with my with my yeah with with who i am and the fact that you're being dominated by a guy is an extra turn on it doesn't mean you need to be attracted to me it doesn't mean you want to have sex with me mm-hmm. or it doesn't mean you pick me up in a bar mm-hmm. but you will do as you're told and, and that is that's sexy it. yeah and and the <laughs> fact that you're doing it for your mistress that's that you're going layer. this far for her. Or Frequently, they want me to take photos of them as well when they're tied up and stuff. And, of course. Know, have the to. word slut drawn across their chest or whatever. It's fantastic. Have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, they're always kind of really surprised and, and usually end up ending their scenes much earlier than they thought because they get too turned on. And, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then we have to do a lot of aftercare where it's like, doesn't mean you're gay. Yes. It means you got really turned on by a scene. Right. Yes. And, yeah. You know, by the role play. By yeah. the scenario we created. Yeah. I have one regular client uh, who was Shahrazad's uh, sub for a long time and uh, was curious after doing last year's Around the World of Kink. I, he, I spanked him uh, during one of the scenes and he found himself really turned on and kind of went, can I do a scene with you? Sure. You know, hire me for a session, oh God, and he course. was shocked at how turned on he got, him and he really needed to talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot yeah. to unpack after that yeah. for straight guys yeah. specifically, right? Yeah. And I say you don't. It's the difference between me and maybe Shaharazad is you. You have no interest in me sexually whatsoever. So do you? Do you want to see me naked? No. Okay. Do you want to get on your knees and service me? No. I don't do that in a scene anyway. But you know. Yeah. So well, do you want to? Do you want to go out for drinks? Go to a bar and hang out, and you know with my arm around you do you want to make out no okay, then you're not interested in me at all do you want me to grab your balls and twist them so hard you scream yes and he just kind of turned bright red and went that's a yes <laughs> i just got hard again yep because yep. i'm torturing you it's not it has nothing to do with your turn on of me it has to do with a powerful male that that you're being forced to serve and again this the scene was he's being forced to serve mm-hmm. it wasn't voluntary at all mm-hmm. and i ended up taking him to a gay sex party and chaining him up and and flogging him and he did quite well I was very <laughs> good for him well a bunch of guys watched and he was kind of like i'm getting really turned on I'm like uh-huh of course you are because this is this, <laughs> this is, is such a foreign experience for you this mm-hmm. is such a you know you're not you're not used to this at all i do this once a month it's a once a month party <laughs> It's a great I'm, deal of I'm a regular at this I'm a bar. regular. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they all know me. It's not a big deal. But you, you, this is completely new for you. And, and uh, oh, God, you know. I'm, I'm, it's hot in here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're pigs. We are absolutely happy, happy pigs. Perverts. Um, okay, here's so Brandon Oglesby, I'm going to say, um, at Newark Knight on Twitter, wants to know, so are the majority of your clients men? I'm understanding yes. They are. Yes, they are. But uh, what is the most frequent request you get from female presenting clients? Spanking. Spanking? Yeah. Yeah? Spankings and paddlings. Hmm. What's what's under yeah. that, do you think? Why is that? I think it's the bad little girl, and I think it's the daddy image. Uh-huh. And the, uh, you know, I can be cute with women. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can be cute. I can, you know, 
does daddy's little has daddy's little girl been bad does she need a spanking you know i'm doing this because i love you and all yes, that kind of stuff yes and, yes and, uh, it's for your own good yeah, it's for your own good is girl. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah such a bad little girl and uh you know ba- calling them baby girl or baby doll's my favorite oh they love it you know oh yeah i'm sure and they're like yes daddy and it's very cutesy and and you know and the, the very cockheadish kind of bending yeah. over on yeah. my on my knee and, and you know <laughs> Which turns me on like crazy too, <laughs> and then spanking, and and bare hands that are paddled, and and uh, yeah. I mean, I have two female, two cis female friends who are coming to. Uh, this is, I mean, this is going to be happening way before this episode is released, but we have uh, around the world of kink coming up this weekend. So I have two female friends who are um, coming specifically to this event for you. Nice, <laughs> awesome. They are very very. And I think the other the other thing the other reason why I get more male clients is I, I think it's much easier for women to find doms than it is for men to find doms. Sure, there um, are. How many would you um, estimate pro male doms would be in Toronto? Not many at all. Yeah. Um, and I find a lot of the people that build themselves as pro male doms are not doms. Okay. Yeah, they're, that's the other thing. Calling themselves dom and yeah, being an they're actual... escorts that do rough sex. Got you. Or yes, they're you know sure. they they have little play paddles. And that's, right. that's nice. I use that for ping pong. Um, that's not. This is not what I call domination. And and uh, and it's. There's a few that are really good, um, and a few that I would trust, and a few that I send people to when they want things that either I don't. I'm not knowledgeable enough to do, or that I just don't do. Because mm-hmm. I I have very specific lines about what I will and won't do in a scene. Sure. And some of them go a little further than I do, and it's like if you want that, go to this person. They know what they're doing. I trust them. But like a handful of people, handful. would you say? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. how many? How many female pro-doms do you think are... Tons. <laughs> Tons. So many. Like coming out of the woodwork. Talking about oversaturated Beat off the stick. Market. Oh, no, wait. That's the other way around. <laughs> but yeah, so it's... And, I, and I, I also think it's the... I think what, what a lot of people, when they find a male dom, they... That when they're actually into domination, they mm-hmm. stick with that male dom. And I think a lot of the men that go to pro-doms play like crazy all over the board because they want different experiences and they I want agree. different... I think it's much more, much more of a thing. I also think it's most of my clients are older, older men. Okay. Because if you're above the age of forty, you grow up in a time and place where this was extremely taboo. Yeah, way Just more being taboo. Gay than was now. taboo. Yes. Um, and so I get a lot that are married, mm-hmm. and a lot that are in relationships with women, and a lot that are in very vanilla relationships with men who who aren't into kink and they need to find an outlet, and they they don't they don't have the freedom of being able to go to the black eagle and find someone who will dom them. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's also danger. I mean, we, we've spent the last 10 years being stalked by a serial killer who used BDSM as a way to entrap people. That's um, real. Yep. That's real. That's so if you want to explore it safely, mm-hmm. come to the ritual chamber and have it done safely by a professional who knows mm-hmm. we've been around a while, you know, we're trustworthy. The names have been out there a while. We're not fly by night. And, uh, and I, I met Mr. MacArthur. I had an experience with Mr. MacArthur. Really? I played with Mr. MacArthur. Yeah. Really? And he creeped the shit out of me because yeah. he was trying to dominate me even though I said I was a dom. Really? And, uh, and hell's no. And, uh, and that kind of overly zealous and overly... The, the bells go off in my head. This is not an actual dom. Yeah, for sure. This is a person who wants to this cause people harm. This is a predator. Harm. This is yep. a predator. This, yeah. is, this is a harm person. Whew. Yeah. Kind of got off topic there. That's okay. No. <laughs> all... I mean, yeah. But it's it's, it's, it's a big shit. it's a big distinction. The women want something different than the men want, but women find it much easier to get. Yeah, and there's a lot more dominant men in relationships. I think that's a great point. 
That is a really great point. A lot of people are getting it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. One last question. Okay, great. We're 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 on on task. We're on time. <laughs> this is from on Twitter, Miss Sammy Ray Schwartz, at uh, Sammy Ray Schwartz. What? Okay, no, we talked about that one. Um, what would you advise a female client in seeking a pro dom, a male pro dom, since many work primarily with male clients? What would you advise a first-time female client? I think it's exactly the same thing. I think you want to find someone that's been around a while. Yeah. I think you want to find someone that works in a reputable place. Um, I think you want to find someone who asks you what you want. If your dom doesn't ask you what you want, you're not dealing with a dom. You're dealing with, uh, with someone who's very selfish. It's, yeah, an egomaniac. You know, <laughs> yeah. A sociopath. Yeah. Do- pro-doming is not about what the dom wants. Pro-doming is about the illusion of that. It's about you getting what you want. If my if my customers and my clients don't get what they want, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a thousand questions before we begin because I need to know. I mean, A, safety. I need to know what of your course. boundaries are. I need to know your hard limits. And if you tell me you don't have hard limits, you're lying. Yeah. Um, or you, you are so inexperienced in kink. That, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'll say, okay, okay. We're, we're going to hang you up and tear strips of skin off you, and then we're going to flog you with them. No! Okay, well, then you have hard okay, limits. Okay, well, then. Bloodletting's <laughs> a hard limit, you know. And I have hard limits that, as a dom, I'm not going to do to you. As a pro-dom, I'm not going to do to you. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so that's the first thing. If, if they don't, if your dom doesn't talk about safe words, if your dom doesn't talk about your hard limits, and if a dom doesn't ask you what your kinks are, what you get into, what your fetishes are. All red you, flags. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, and, and if... If the first thing they begin talking about is fucking, they're not with a dom. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a client once who wanted to know my HIV status. I have no problem talking about this in my personal life, but why do you want to know that in the dungeon? Yeah, we will literally have no fluid there's, contact yeah, There's no way this is all. ever going to affect you. You don't need to know this. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you're looking for something that I'm not offering. Exactly, yeah. Because you're, th- you're thinking you know, this is something different than what it yeah. is. Yeah, and and as a the other thing is we we take extreme pains, especially in the ritual chamber, to make sure that everything is disinfected. Everything oh my is, god! You know, yes. the toys and everything is. It, we have very high industry standards. Very all the high. gloves, all the condoms, on yeah. every toy, on yeah. every everything. Everything's clean, everything, everything that touches you know. anything. <laughs> it's an immaculate dungeon, and if you are looking, if you're used to something that's not like that, I don't know what you've been playing with, but it should be. The space should be immaculate. The toy should be immaculate. You should be able to ask your dom, how are the toys clean between sessions? Yeah. Because they're mutual toys. You know, what, uh, um, all of those things. If the dom doesn't ask you what you want them to wear or what you want to wear, um, if you say you want to do age play and they don't actually ask the age you want to be, all of those things. If you, they're, not, they're not fulfilling your fantasy, and our job is to fulfill a fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same whether you're male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I, would, I think it's really good for a female dom to ask is what safety precautions are there. You know what? How is our it set female up? sub? Female sub, yeah, yeah a female yeah. sub. What what safety precautions? And luckily, in the ritual chamber, our headmistress knows when we arrive. Mm-hmm. They know when we leave. Yep. They know what who's booked when, uh, which is as much for our client safety as ours. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll always be booked an hour out, so that you're not from every other client, so that you'll never run into anybody else. There's all kinds of safety catches um, to make sure we're safe and to make sure they're safe. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a place that you're not sure about that or you feel unsafe, there's don't a problem. Go. Don't, don't go. go. Do not go. It's, it's especially sketchy. as a female. Like yes, yes, there are dangers to all different sexes, but like especially as a female, 
person. Yeah, something is scary. Safe safety has to be number one. You have to make sure that you're going into a safe environment. Yeah, number one. It's got to be. And your and your dialogue with your dominant advance should be professional. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be getting into role playing. That save it for the session. Mm-hmm. If they're doing that, they're it's it's too much. It's a professional dom is professional, and they need to, and they if they're not acting professional, you're not hiring a professional. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's very very important. And also, you know, find out if they're a lifestyle kingster. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes a better pro dom. Agreed. Uh, I think if you're hiring someone, there's there are male there are male doms in the city that are a few that I know that are they're professional kingsters, but they're straight professional kinksters that are doming primarily men in ways that they're not really into. I know one who's a massive sub, mm-hmm. loves latex, mm-hmm. loves to get dominated by women, and yet he marks himself as a as a pro gay leatherman dom. That's very interesting. And like not that you can't I mean I dom women as well. Sure. And I identify mainly as gay, but at the same time you don't you don't have the skills that you're talking about. Yeah. You don't, Where's the authenticity there? Yeah. Like, uh, you it's know, completely like, artificial. Mm-hmm. You understand Dom Sub a little bit, but at one point he asked me to go on a call with him, and foolishly I did. And I was absolutely horrified mm. by how it went and how it began. Mm. He never gave the sub a safe word. Ooh. I'm kind of going, wait, we, 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 Yeah. The second the door opened, the scene started. Oh, yeah. And I was kind of like, and it was also an in call, which I don't do, or sorry, an out call, which I don't do mm. myself. I always do in calls in the dungeon. It's safer. Yes. I agreed. don't trust, I don't trust a lot else because too much can go wrong. Me too. Yep. Um, and that's, and that's the other thing. Meet in a neutral space. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, and somewhere that's been around a while. Nothing wrong with new spaces, but if you're brand new to your dom or you're brand new to subbing, there are safety. It's like going on a date. It's all the same safety things. You, that is you a know. great point. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell someone, someone where going. you are. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Have like a, have someone call you, you know, yeah. a bit into it. Yeah. If your scene's over at 11, have them call you at 1110. Yep. Uh, if you're, you know, um, send, send an email to a friend just saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be at this address. Yep. This is the email. This is, this is the contact info. Mm-hmm. This is what I've set up. Um, and, you know, and the other thing is email that information to yourself. If something ever does go wrong, you want a trail. Mm-hmm. Paper you know. trail. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You want it. You want it. Write it down and put it in your car. Write it down and put it in your pocket, whatever. Um, because if you're, and again, if you're with someone who's reputable and someone that you know, that, that, that not that you know that you can trust, but that can be trusted, that won't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm happy to say to a sub, do you want, you know, what do you need? What do you need? If your dom doesn't say, what do you need? You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. The other big flag, if your dom doesn't ever mention aftercare, or sub drop, they should be. Um, the last 15 minutes of every session of mine is, is dedicated to bringing the sub back to the real world. Yeah, me too. Um, so you're doing, if, if, if a dom does their thing and leaves or, or kicks you out or whatever and does there's no aftercare whatsoever, there's no, do you want some water? Do you need to talk? Do you want to cuddle? Whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. Shower, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, that should be built into it. If not, you're not dealing with a professional that knows what they're doing. Yeah. You're dealing with someone who's you know, a weekend player. Right. Good stuff. Oh my God. You have been such a valuable guest. Awesome. Ugh, honestly, so valuable. I hope whoever is listening right now is getting a shit ton out of this. Cause <laughs> I sure am. Honestly. Ugh. So, okay. We ought to be wrapping up. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to wrap up this convo with you, but 
Are you able to tell our listeners all the places that they can follow you, see all your great work, potentially book sessions with you, all that good stuff? Definitely. Uh, if you go to my website, which is masterwolfgang.ca um, or mwolfgang.com, they both take you to the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter, which is uh, master underscore wolfgang. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, Instagram, which is masterwolfgang.ca as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can go to theritualchamber.ca, where I have a profile as well. Of course. Uh, but my, my Twitter feed gets a lot of attention, and people tend to really like it. So I, that's a good way. That's the other good way to get to know a professional dom. Yeah. If you want to get to know a professional dom, check out their Twitter and see what they talk about, what they do, and, and who they are. It's a window into their personality. Definitely. Yeah, you can definitely get a good idea of what the dom's about yeah. through their Twitter feed, especially if they're like like you and I post fairly often. So yeah. you can yeah you can see the range of not only services they offer, but like of their personality. So you and, and also, I think, look at the quality of the website. We're not all web geniuses, but if you are a pro, and if you're putting your time and energy into this, then you're going to make sure your tools, your marketing tools are look, up to speed. Look as good as your yeah, sessions will exactly, be. Exactly. So if you're not putting that kind of care into it, if you don't have a Twitter feed, if you don't have any of these other ways to get to know your clients and your clients to get to know you, I would question that. Yeah. So luckily, I, I have a very active Twitter. You can check it out. And, yep. and my website is... is uh, very, very uh, precise and, and, and explains a lot. I don't doubt it. For my, since we've been talking about prodoming, I'll give you my prodom information um, both on Twitter and on Instagram. I am at the Lady Pim One. As for uh, other bedpostly stuff, if you are a Toronto resident or GTA resident, uh, we are the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theatre doing our bedpost stage variety show. Um, as for the podcast, if you're listening and want to give a rating and reviewing, that goes a really long way towards me and my business bedpost. Um, if you are, uh, oh, you want to check out more bedpost social stuff on Instagram, I'm the bedpost show. Again, my Patreon is the bedpost show. On Facebook, I'm bedpost erotica, and my email is the bedpost sex show at gmail.com. Uh, a huge thank you, as always, to the lovely composer that does all my original music for the podcast, Stephanie Copeland. You can check out her stuff at stephcopelandmusic.com. Um, lastly, thank you so much to you, the listener. Um, love you so much, guys. Uh, and I hope you're going to, you you are you're going to really enjoy this uh, series I have on the Ritual Chamber dom- Dominance. So keep on listening. And lastly, one huge thank you to you, Wolfgang. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much for this fantastic conversation. It's been... My pleasure. It's great fun. Oh, so amazing. And I would love to have you back anytime. Open-ended great. invitation to you. Awesome. I like an open end. <laughs> Don't we all? It's a good time. Uh, thank you so much. And we will see you next week, everybody. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 